Hey, welcome home to Cassidy. My name is Stephen Mitchell, and I have the privilege of being the lead pastor here at Cassidy, and it is awesome to be here today to be able to celebrate what God is doing, what God continues to do in and through His church, us, the community of Christ, so that we can build uh, the kingdom of God for the advancement of the world. Uh, and, and so I am, I'm excited that you're here with us. If you're brand new here, I just wanted to say a special welcome to you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for being a part of worship today. Thank you for taking some time to be present with us. Uh, hopefully in us, you will find a group of folks that realize, hey, we don't have it all together, but we know the one who does, and that's Jesus Christ, and we want to be more like him. And we want to invite you to come alongside us to, to grow in our relationship, to take step after step in our spiritual journey together to make, uh, to make ourselves, to, to build a community, to make us more like Jesus each and every day. Uh, today, we're celebrating uh, Veterans Day. I know it's not Veterans Day, but we're celebrating still. And so I uh, just wanted to say a very special thank you to the men and women uh, who have served and are currently serving our country uh, in the Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, and, and even the Coast Guard. Uh, we thank you for your service and your dedication to this country. Uh, and with that, we'll continue in this current sermon series uh, that, that is called If. The idea is, is just let's look at the potential that God has for us. Too frequently, we live in if only. If only I had more money. If only I had more time. If only I had not done those things that I have done, uh, things would be different. And, and what we want to live into is the potential of what if. What if uh, I did the things that God wanted me to do. Because what if is a potential statement. It's saying what if, and then it adds whatever could be. Uh, if only is, 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 is a regretful state because we're adding, in, we're, we're starting with if only, which is a statement of regret. If only things had been different. So we, we need to live in what if and not in if only. Today, we're going to be talking about time. Our question is, uh, what if I had more time? What, if I had, what, what, what would our lives look like if we had more time? Because the reality is this. Time, the older we get, the, the quicker time passes. Uh, and, and it makes sense, right? Because when you're seven, uh, time, a year takes a seventh of your life. When you're 50, it's a 50th of your life. When you're 100, it's a hundredth of your life. And so time moves so fast uh, because it, we've experienced more time. Time moves faster for us. And it's not uh, anything other than perception. Perception, but that perception uh, allows us to understand that time is fleeting, that we don't have as much time as we think we do. Uh, and, and it's all, I'm sure that you have had this experience too. Recently, I went on vacation and I remember that very first day. I get on the road and I'm thinking, man, I've got so much time. I got two weeks of time. I'm, I'm so excited for the amount of time that I have on vacation. And, and then uh, it's like I get there and I unpack and that first day feels like it's just going to last for, oh, this is so good. I've got so much time. And then I blink and it's two minutes later, but it's time to pack up and head back home because the vacation is over. And I think that that, that just underlies it. I, but I remember when I was a kid, because when I was a kid, it wasn't like that at all. Uh, when I was like uh, in elementary school, I remember the, the just 
the seconds would take forever to click on that clock, to move a little bit further, especially on days right before spring break or, or Christmas vacation, that we were just waiting for the clock to end. And, 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 and all of the students are like, oh, it's gone such a long day, right? And we've all experienced that, 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 that passage of time and, and the way that it speeds up and the way that it becomes so much, uh, so much more important that we try and figure out how to schedule our time better. And, and here's why, because time is so valuable. Author Jim Rohn says this, time is our most valuable asset, yet we tend to waste it, kill it, spend it, rather than invest it. We tend to waste it. We like to waste time. We tend to kill it. I'm just killing time before I do. We, we tend to spend it. Uh, what are you spending time doing this weekend? You know, all of those things rather than invested. I've, I've never really heard people talk about investing their time. What would it look like if we invested our time? And I think the reason that we need to look at investing our time wisely is because the question that we're trying to answer is, if only I had enough time. Because that's the way that we tend to ask it. If only I had enough time, I could do more with my family. If only I had enough time, I, I could do more at work and, and, and be more productive. If only I had enough time, I could chase that dream that I've always had. If only I had enough time, I could do so many things. And, and, and that, that leaves us in that difficult position of regret, that we regret that we're not scheduling our time better, that we're not focusing our time on the things that we want to focus them on, and instead we're, we're dealing with things that we don't really want to focus on. I don't know about you, but maybe your day starts like this. You wake up and you're like, hey, I've got a lot of things that I need to accomplish today, and I know what they are, and that plan works until my feet hit the ground on the bed, and then the reality of the day hits, sets in. Maybe somebody shows up and needs to talk. Maybe my, one of my children call and they've gotten into a car accident. Accident. Maybe something has happened that changes the course of my day, and then everything is derailed for the rest of the day, and I, and I, I, I have trouble getting my schedule back in place, and, and, and that's because time is so valuable in every moment of the day, that that marching of time, that progression of time, it's so important for us to figure out how can we invest that wisely instead of just spinning it willy-nilly all over the place and trying to figure out how to, how to figure out, you know, what, what am I supposed to even accomplish today? How can I do the things that I am supposed to do today? And so I wanted to start by saying, you know, when we talk about time, um, uh, the, we have a single word for it. Uh, but when we talk about time in, in Greek, it's a little bit different. And, and I learned this when I went through seminary, I had an opportunity uh, to go through some language classes. I hated being in the language classes, but I like what I learned going through them. And one of the things that I really learned is the difficulty that we have in interpreting other languages. Because other languages use different words, not one-to-one not translation, but a different term can mean so many other things. And, and time in Greek is one of those things. There are many words in Greek that mean time. And in English, we have time. Uh, and so I wanted to look at a couple of those from the biblical Greek and, and to kind of explain some of this because I think it, it 
helps us to recognize the importance of time. The first is this, chronos. Chronos simply means the marching of time. This is where we get the term chronometer, uh, which is, you know, if you have a watch like mine, it's not a chronometer, it's just a watch. But if you have a fancy watch, it probably says it's a chronometer because that's just a timepiece, right? But it's, it's that idea of the progression of time, moment by moment, day by day, hour by hour, week by week, month by month, year by year. That's the progression or the marching on of time. And, and in English, we say time. You know, it takes time. Uh, that, that shows the marching of time, or time marches on. It shows the progression of time. That's that same concept. But there's another term in Greek that, that uh, really illustrates a little bit differently, and that's the term kairos. Kairos is, is this idea of an opportune moment, the perfect time for something to happen. And, and as Christians, we take that moment and we recognize it to be even deeper, that we say it's God's opportune moment, that moment that God has ordained and put together and caused to happen. Uh, look at it this way. When you're, when you're creating a fabric, you, you have a loom that's out there and you have to spread the, 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 the strands together so that you can weave the, the new fiber in there. And it's that perfect moment when the strand has been spread and you can put that new perfect thread through so that it is right in the place that it is supposed to be. Or maybe this illustration will work better for you. I like it because it's a bow and arrow, right? Uh, but archery has a great moment of kairos, that moment when you have drawn the bow back far enough that the tension on the string and the arrow is prepared to launch, and it will have enough power to propel itself through the air into the target. That moment before release, that moment of opportune uh, time of, of something that is about to happen is, is that Kairos moment. And, and so when we think about that, when we think of our time that we spend, uh, spend it or kill it or waste it, we're, 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 we're also talking about God's potential time that we could invest with God and, and, and allow God to have opportune moments for us to, to make a difference in the world around us. And, and so if we look at that, we, we look at Jesus' words. He says this, the time has come. I want you to hear the kairos, the opportune moment, that perfect time that God has coordinated has come. He said, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Jesus is saying God has ordained this particular moment in time to be the moment with which we will recognize that the, the, the kingdom of God has come near. And, and so that's the Kairos moment, that moment that, that takes us so deeply into God's understanding. And, and what's interesting to me is when we look at the Old Testament, when we look at the New Testament, and we see time, we don't really pick up on that. We don't get that, that idea. We just see time, it's the, the time has come, right? It's not God's perfect time. And so we miss out a little bit when we translate things from one language to another. And, and what's interesting to me is when the Greeks translated the Old Testament into Greek, uh, they used kairos in a, in a very unique 
place. There's a book in the Old Testament called Ecclesiastes. It's not the most pleasant book. It's kind of an Eeyore book, to be honest. It kind of feels, uh, you know, like Eeyore complaining about what's going on in his day. Uh, but what's, what's cool about it is that there's this, this set of verses in there where it talks about everything having a special time. It says this, there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. Now, what's interesting is every, ev- at every point in time where you see time, they're saying kairos. There is an opportune moment for everything. There is a perfect time for every season and activity under the heavens. And it continues, a time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant, a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. Right now, we're actually in a time to refrain from embracing, a time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep, and a time to throw away, a time to heal, and a time to tear, and a time to mend, a time to be silent, and a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate, a time to war, and a time for peace. Every point in that set of Scripture is an opportune time, a perfect time, the most opportune time to live, a time to heal, an opportune time to heal, a time to do all of those things under the sun, under the heavens, is offered to us by God. This opportune time, this moment that all things come into play. And and that's when we live our lives just waking up and going through the motions and, and using time the way that, that typically we have done it in the past, we are missing out on the opportunities that God has in mind for us. The, the idea of investing our time in the kingdom-building activities that God ha- is calling for us to be a part of. And the problem is, that we don't always see that until much time has passed in our lives. When we are looking back on our lives and we wish that we would have spent more time with our families, when we wish that we would have spent more time with our friends, when we wish we would have spent more time making memories, I can guarantee you, friends, nobody on their deathbed is sitting there thinking, man, I really wish I would have worked a little bit harder. Man, I really wish I would have been able to scan through one more episode of that TV show. Nobody is waiting for that. Everybody looks back. And, and my hope is that if, if that's us, that when we look back, we're not looking back through a lens of if only. If only I'd spent more time with my family. If only I had spent more time with my friends. If only I had invested my time wisely, I, I would have had so much more of a legacy. I would have had so much more of a life. I would have had so much more whatever. If we invest our time with God, God says, I will take all of that and I will help you to not have the regrets 
that you already are, are, are living through. And because the truth is that time is limited, and we never know how much time we have. James tells us this, yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. You are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. I'm, I'm sure James was great at parties, right? Really, it picks you up. But the truth of the matter is that we have a finite amount of time. And so what if in that finite amount of time, what if we invested that with God? The question that I want us to ask is, what if I allowed God to prioritize my time? I, I, I used to work in a major pharmaceutical company where they, they were a billion-dollar company, and they made lots of decisions, and the higher up in management you went, the more you had to work through their secretary, their, their assistant, their associate in order to get on their calendar because their schedule was all booked up that they lived and died by their schedule. And if you weren't on the calendar, they had no time for you. And, and so what if we handed over our schedule to God? What if we allowed God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, and of time itself, to be the one that dictates how we spend our time? Martin Luther was asked over and over again how he, how he could do all the things that he did because he would start his day with four hours of prayer each and every day. I wish that I could, I could tell you that that's how I start my day is four hours of prayer each and every morning so that I could pray for our, our church and our nation and our world. But instead, I spend a lot less than four hours every day. I do spend time every day in prayer and, and, in, and focus on God because I believe it's important to invest that time. But what if Martin Luther spent that four hours and they would ask him, hey, hey, Martin, how do you do all of the things that you do? How do you accomplish all of your tasks if you spend all of that time in prayer? And his response was, the only reason I'm able to do all of the things I have to do is because I start with four hours in prayer. That God ordered his day and his schedule because he spent that time in prayer and that he was able to accomplish all of those things because of spending that time. And, and we can experience that too. It's not just for Martin Luther. We can experience that too because God calls us to invest our time with him first. I think it comes in three different flavors. Invest your time with God, with family, and with others. Make that your priority. Spend time first with God, seeking God's design and desire for your life, and then seeking God's design and desire for you and the interaction you have with your family and then with others. Now, I understand that the world has more in it than just those three things. We have to go to work. We have to do the things that we have to do. Uh, but what if we took that time and intentionally set it aside and said, hey, I want to spend my time with God first so that I can be a part of this kingdom-building activity, this kairos moment that he has in mind for me today. Each and every moment of my day could be ordered and ordained and planned and penned out by my Father in heaven rather than me just trying to go through each and every day on my own. And I know 
that this works, friends. I know that God can take your calendar, your schedule, your time, and make it much more, much more effective, much more important, and much more useful to the building of the kingdom. Because I've experienced it myself. When I was in seminary, uh, I enrolled in seminary. Seminary is not uh, a quick and easy thing. A seminary degree, it, it took 96 credit hours. That's a lot of school. Um, 96 credit hours. So it took me over four years to do that. So for four years, I was in seminary. I was also the father of uh, two kiddos, one in elementary school and one in high school at the time. Uh, and and those, two, those two took a priority in my life because I'm not going to cheat time from my kids, my family. And so I had seminary. I had uh, single parent of two kiddos. I also was a full-time employee uh, of, of a company, and so I'm working 40 hours a week minimum uh, at that company. I also, at that same time, I was, I was a, uh, a licensed local pastor, a part-time pastor. The joke in the church is this, part-time pastors are just paid part-time. They still work full-time, right? And I was a three-quarter time pastor at one of the churches that I was at. And so I'm a, a pastor at the same time. And I'm also trying to do self-care and, and manage all of the things that come with day-to-day -day life and, and all of the decisions and the ways to do it. And I had friends and mentors that would say, how do you do all of the things that you're doing. And the reality is, I have no idea. It was like, I, we, one of my mentors and I, we talked about God created this strange quantum entanglement that I was involved in. And I don't know that that's the right words, right? I don't know. I'm not a physicist. Uh, but this time warp that I was able to, to exist in that allowed me to do all of the things that I needed to do and keep my relationships with my family in the priority that I needed that to be, to maintain my job, be a good pastor, and go through seminary all at the same time. Because my day starts by saying, God, how can you help me to organize my time better for you? What would it look like if we took that question seriously? What would it look like if we turned our time over to God and said, God, use me in a profound way. Make a difference in my life. Give me opportunities to share the good news of Jesus Christ with others. Give me opportunities to share your love with others. Give me opportunities to do all the things that need to be done and to, to have the relationships that I need to have in order to do that. Because at the end of the day, the reality is, we're gonna in, if we invest our time with God, we are in a much better position than if we tried to do it on our own. Maybe you're like me and you wake up and the first thing you think is, oh, I got this. And you go off and charge and then you find yourself out in the middle of the woods and you're like, God, where are you? And God's back over on the path that he's been waiting for you to come back to. You just charged off on your own, taking the lead in front of God. And God's like, hey, I didn't, I didn't want you to go there. I didn't want you to do those things. What I had in mind for you was so much better, but you have gone off on your own. And so one of the things that I want us to do as, as a group of folks is to think about time a little bit differently, to think about time a little bit more, uh, more profoundly, a little bit more deeply to recognize that God is the author and creator of all of that, and God also calls us into relationship so that we can invest our time and do what God is calling us to do to make a difference on behalf of Jesus Christ. At the end of the day, I hope that we make memories 
not selfies. We live in a selfie world. Everybody taking a selfie, take pictures of food, take pictures of whatever you want. And, you're, and, and most of those pictures are of, of individuals because that's why they're called selfies because you're taking it yourself, right? But they're not memories. You're not building memories. When we go on vacation, when I take my family on vacation, those types of things, I, I don't take very many pictures. Not because I don't want to remember the, the pictures, but because I want to live in the moment. Because I want to experience the moment with my, my family. I want to have those Kairos moments so that I can, I can live into the promise that God has for me, so that I can live into the promise of a God that created all of this and can, can make time work to my advantage rather than me trying to steal, beg, and borrow enough time to get done anything that I want. And so I hope that you will join me, that you will walk alongside me, and that we can together grow deeper in this relationship, turning over our desire of control for time to God and saying, God, what would you have me do? How can I live for you? What if I invested my time with God instead of selfishly, if only I had more time? What would your life look like? Would it be different? Would you be a different person on the other side? If you're like me, uh, you, you, the answer is absolutely. That yes, my life would look different if I turned over every moment to my Father in heaven who has a much better plan and purpose for me than I could ever imagine on my own. Let's go to God in prayer. Gracious and almighty God, we give you thanks and praise for the gift you give us in Jesus Christ. We thank you for the opportune moment, those kairos moments that you have in mind for us, for the, the perfect time for us to follow, the perfect time for us to be obedient to your call on our lives, for the way that you can lead us through time so much more effectively than if we're just charging out on our own. So help us to surrender that time, that, that desire of control over time to you, and help us to say, God, show us what we should do. Show us how we should live. Show us who we should relate to and how we can invest our time with you. Help us to start in prayer, in a prayer of surrender, in a prayer of supplication, seeking your will for us each and every moment of each and every day so that we can experience the joy of that opportune moment, the joy of that time you have called us to. Help us to be more like Jesus in everything we do. We ask this in his holy name and all of us agreed and said, amen.